From New Orleans, Louisiana, the city that Carol forgot, this is the All Over the Road Podcast on the All Over the Road Podcast Network. Now if we set it up, you know we set it up right, so I'ma start by thinking the announcer guy. Coming from Coin Trader Studios, we're bringing it live, and who am I? I go by the name of Darkest Night, and Jada Hoyos is the one who brings a sick beat, to which we're getting pumped for topics this week. So let's see what kind of stories that we got on hand, checking the cards and letters from the adoring fans, not to mention the reflections that we bringing about, we're here to make you laugh and smile, and that's no doubt, we turn it out, we're serious yet silly, but how many times? I gotta tell you, don't touch Jimmy. Now hey guys, Darren here from the band. We are Messengers, check out my interview, a conversation with all over the road in New Orleans right now. play the hits. Of course, we can play this record because we have got permission to play it. That's right. From the head man of We Are Messengers, Darren mm. Mulligan, who we're going to be speaking to in a second. Teddy, I mean, what I like about their song is very up-to-date. They are very up-to-date. I love We Are Messengers. They've become one of my favorite Christian bands, and not just Christian bands, just bands. Yeah, know, I mean, I, I think they got a fresh new sound, and yeah. you know, they, it doesn't sound like a you're not, I mean, you know, in the old days, the Christian music wasn't as good as the secular, but now, right. oh, yeah. you know, it's completely changed. Darren mm-hmm. has been doing... Uh, Doing is a lot going on since the last time he was on the show. He yeah. is he is in Franklin, Tennessee, where he lives and resides with his family. And so mm-hmm. let's give him a call. He's expecting our call. Yeah, he was on when we did the uh, show a day till the thing went away yes. segment. We, we had him on uh, <laughs> back in March, March I live. think. Yeah. Hello, Darren. Hey, Pat, how you getting can, on there? Can, can you hear us? I can. I got you. It's good to talk to you again, man. It's it's Victor from all over the road, New Orleans, along with your buddy Ted and Nick, our producer. And hey, we're Dan. All, we're really excited about hey, talking to you. Good to be back with you guys. You good? Yeah, we've been good. How about how about you? We just played uh, we just played the the remix of Love, which I just love that song and just the yeah. whole sound of the whole the whole project that you did. Yeah. I mean, that's from the uh, the Power CD. Uh, you gonna have any more yeah. singles, uh, Darren? Is there any more singles coming off that CD or what? Funny you should ask that. So we're um, we're cut a new song. It's a it's a really special song. Um, yeah. So we're gonna add that to the album. It's not gonna be a deluxe album, but the song's so good that we wanted to add it. So it's just gonna be called like the Power Plus record. Mm-hmm. But basically, we've already had maybe it's okay, Power and Love from that record. So. We could have pulled another one off it because there's plenty of songs that would would have done the trick. But this new song was written a couple of months ago, and I think it's just perfect for this season. So that that drops on my birthday, which oh, is cool. September 14th. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Sorry, I'm just saying this out loud because song's called "Image of God." 
and uh, that's my birthday. That's pretty cool, actually. Well, yeah, that's very cool. That happy birthday ahead yeah, of time. Happy birthday coming up. So, listen, how's <laughs> how's Kyle and Drew and Raul doing? How they got how the guys doing? Doing great, man. You know, we a tough year. We we've had to scrape by, and we were able to pay everybody's salaries all the way through July. Um, but but unfortunately, we can't do that. But it's super cool. We did hear this. We did an online show uh, a few weeks back, and an anonymous donor sent someone to meet me with some uh, with a check. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted to support us. She just saw us online. We don't know who she is or what she does. And uh, they gave us fifteen thousand dollars. Wow! And I thought that's incredible. But then the guy said, "No, no, that's just for you. Everyone in your team gets fifteen thousand oh, um, dollars." That's great. <laughs> So that, paid, that paid the back half of all my guys' salaries yeah. for the year. Oh, that's so awesome. So just God is so kind. And so everyone's good. Well, just itching to get back on the road. We yeah. all miss it a lot, you know. And every, well, everybody's there in, in Nashville? Yeah, except our um, front of house guy, Tyler. He's down in Atlanta. Okay. So mm-hmm. the rest of us are all are pretty close to each other up here, you know. Yeah, so with the pandemic and everything, you know, touring just came to a halt back in, what, like February or so. I know you guys were scheduled to come to New Orleans in Jan- January, I think, originally. Then it was rescheduled to August. Both dates were canceled. And then I looked on your tour dates yeah. just, just this morning, and I see you're rescheduled again uh, for January <laughs> of next year. So wow. look forward to that. So hopefully that'll happen, right? Do you, do you follow the schedule at all? Or do you know anything about Do you follow that? Or you just kind of wait for, the, for them to tell you? <laughs> No, I do. I know what's happening. And the reason I, I primarily know what's happening is because uh, I always want to make sure I've kind of locked off people back to Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I tend to know my schedule pretty well. So it, those are supposed to be the reschedule hit CPS with, with Toby. Um, and so uh, honestly, and I was talking to Toby last week about these dates, we need those to happen. Toby does. The other bands on that tour need them to happen so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, if that tour goes away, that puts a huge amount of pressure, not just on artists and their band members, but on bus drivers, on production teams, on caterers. And I think this is the thing. The music industry has seen the fallout from this pandemic, mm-hmm. I think, in a more severe way than nearly any other industry. It's just completely destroyed people's livelihoods. And uh, it can be rather frustrating because while I take it serious and you know we follow mass mandates and we try and honour people, uh, we also have seen people able to go to one every day and wear mass social distance. And I think it's really frustrating that we cannot do that with music venues, um, with theatres, with other entertainment productions. You know, none of it makes any sense. None of it makes any sense. No, it doesn't. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, when you think about it. What are we talking about? Come on, man. Maybe when that show comes around in January, if it does Mm -hmm. ever happen, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Ted has probably the most influential, powerful Christian radio website called hisair.net. He talks to all the radio stations. Okay, and so uh, maybe yeah. I'm sure he'd be interested in this just for, for the people that follow his website, some of the stations, um, maybe some of the stations close to New Orleans. But we would certainly like to be there. I mean, it'd be awesome if we could, 
even kind of set up and do a show from sure. there. But I know that's kind of wishing. But we would definitely like to see you when you're down here and make arrangements so that we see you. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys, yeah, I don't know sure. what you guys do when you tour, but if you have, uh, you know, guys that sometimes you need them to be housed or something, you don't want to stay in a hotel or something, you know, let us know because we can we can put you up. We can put you up in style. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so don't forget that. And I'm, I'm making that personal invite because I was the one that told Ted after having you on a while back that there was one thing in particular that I wanted to talk to you about. And it was something that you said that at the time and since has made me reexamine my entire life. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run, run that by. I'm going to save it till last, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, okay. you know, we can, so that way we can get the interview in and I don't like fall apart in the middle of this in the beginning of this interview and i can't continue it all right so we're going to leave that for the mm-hmm. end yeah you know what i wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about is um i noticed that on your personal facebook page you haven't posted anything since july and um <laughs> <laughs> the when you made the 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 tucker carlson re- reference i'm a big tucker fan myself too i think he's yeah. a you know a sharp young guy that's if, if you know his yeah. story at Fox, how he had to work his way up, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty impressive. He's a lot older than he looks, yeah. and uh, I think yeah. he's a he's a spot on reporter. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's just he's just. I think if, if if there's anyone there that represents their their mantra, fair and balance, it would be him. But he's just got that attitude, and I just love him. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get your opinion, especially lately, uh, with the video that just came out about the man. Uh, in Portland that was uh, trying to help a transgender individual and somehow got ripped out of his vehicle and was beat almost to death. Not necessarily going to that particular instance, but what's your opinion? What do you think uh, about some of the violence that's going on in, in some of these cities that you've played in? You've played in a lot of these cities. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I love those cities like Portland and Seattle are two of my favorite cities in the country. Um, what I think is this and it's controversial to say it, but I'll say it anyway. I think that criminal behavior is criminal behavior, mm-hmm. and every crime deserves to be punished. Um, I think that honest behavior is honest behavior. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we can condone violence as a way of achieving change. People use the argument and they say, but it, it works. It does work. Violence does definitely lead to change. I know that because I grew up in a country where it happened in Ireland. Absolutely. And we saw, we saw violence at the troubles lead to change, lead to civil rights advancement, lead to, lead to um, an agreement to end the troubles, to end what was essentially a civil war where I lived. But do I think that that was, that the end justified the means? No, I don't. Um, and what bugs me is that people of faith, so people who say that they're followers of the way of Jesus Christ, Trying to condone, um, you know, quasi-socialist, communist organizations like Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives Matters. If you read their manifesto and their agenda, they don't care about Black Lives. They only care about advancing this extremely liberal, progressive agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference with Jesus is Jesus cares about Black Lives very, very much because Jesus always cares for the marginalized for those on the fringe of society, for those who are the underdogs. And as such, me and we are messengers, the black community, we stand with them. I'll march with any black person anywhere to help advance civil rights because it needs to happen. But I will not condone the looting of stores, the burning of businesses, the desecration of monuments to um, white people 
uh, and people of colour who fought against slavery to abolish the movement of slavery. I will not condone an organisation that says that um, uh, fathers and the family, the family dynamic are a problem in this society. They are not. And you know how I know that? Because statistically, every home that doesn't have a father in it, those kids are 10 times more likely to be suicidal, depressed, and engage in criminal activity. And so what we have here is we had a real opportunity to change the culture of America. We had a real opportunity to reform policing in a very positive way. And I, by saying that, I would say instead of defunding, we should be funding the police. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a real opportunity for conversation, mm-hmm. and it was hijacked by political agendas on both the Democrat and the Republican side by narratives from an organization that could care less about Black Lives Matter, right. from an organization that supports Planned Parenthood, which could care less about Black Lives, because they are, in fact, the number one taker of Black Lives in the world. Every Planned Parenthood uh, clinic is within easy reach of those with the poorest socioeconomic conditions, which are, unfortunately, in Black or Latino uh, Hispanic communities. And they're placed there because Planned Parenthood is a racist organization that wanted to remove, they wanted to commit a genocide of the black community. And I'm so sick to the teeth of people, especially people of faith, burying their head in the sand, trying to be popular, trying to run along with movements which are directly opposed to the gospel, and trying to care faith again. It doesn't work. It's possible to honor George Floyd, and it's possible to honor the police. Right. It's possible to say that it was a crime what happened to George Floyd, and it was a crime what happened to that man kneeling down trying to help a transgender person in Portland. Right. It's also possible to say that it's, it's also right to prosecute the African-American man who executed a five-year-old white guy on his bicycle outside of house mm-hmm. and say that that is not endemic in our culture, because that's not happening every day. Right. But the other side of the media would like us to think that Black people are murdering white children every day. That is simply not true or not the case either. So I'm sick of a narrative on both sides that tries to set us up to divide us. And I'm going to finish in this because it's a rant. Yeah, that- and that's why we wrote a new, our new single, and the new single is called Image of God. Mm. And the song is going to remind us that we were all formed by God in the womb. And if you've ever seen an ultrasound image, which you guys have, they're mm-hmm. black and white. Mm-hmm. God didn't create us. In, in color necessarily. <laughs> That's right. In the womb, everyone made equal in the sight of God. And so we need to go back to the basics. We need to learn to value life right from conception all the way through, right. no matter whether we are black or white, Hispanic, or we have disabilities or Down syndrome, higher or lower IQs, greater or less socioeconomic value, that all life is made equal and valuable because it is made in the image of God. So let's start there, and let's cut our childish politics for personal gain. We got more with Darren Mulligan of We Are Messengers coming up after the break. You don't want to miss it. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm sick of wearing these fucking masks. I I don't know what's going to kill me first, the coronavirus or me smudging trying to wear this in 100-degree weather. Got my mouth dry, my tongue all heavy. Go outside with this shit on, I'm hallucinating. Feel like my goddamn throat closing. If I wear this one more time outside, I'ma need an IV. I promise you, I'ma need a whole IV in my goddamn arm if I put this shit on my face one more time. When, when 
when the last day? When the last day we got to wear this and, and if that ain't bad enough, the damn strings on the mask tearing up the back of my head is just tearing it up. I, I tell you what, I can't wait till this bullshit over. All of the Road New Orleans is brought to you by Cointrader, Inc. For real-time prices on gold, silver, palladium, and platinum 24-7, go to goldpricesnow.com. That's goldpricesnow.com. Hey, do you know that if you have a question, comment, or concern about all over the road New Orleans, you can make your views known? And you can call at any time, 24 hours a day, and just let us know what's on your mind. Whatever is on your mind, we want to hear from you. That's 601-768-8366. It is the All Over the Road New Orleans live listener line. It's real simple. All you do is you pick up your device, you go to the little uh, dial pad, what they call it, the keypad, what they call the keypad, keypad or something like and that. You, yeah. you pop in there, 601 Route 66. Nick, what's that number again? That's 601 768 8366. I think he did. Play it back. That's 601 768 8366. 601 Route 66 from New Orleans, Louisiana. This is the All Over the Road Podcast on the All Over the Road Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Darren here from the band We Are Messengers. Check out my interview, a conversation with All Over the Road in New Orleans right now. Don't hang your head when you get lonely. No, I'll never leave your side. On the phone right now with Darren Mulligan with We Are Messengers. Ted, you got a question for uh, Darren? Yeah, well, just in line with what you were uh, talking about, Darren, um, you know, you got you moved to the United States in 2015 from Ireland, right? And um, you've Ooh. traveled from one end of the country to the other in the United States in the last, I guess, five years or so. Not so much more recently, I guess, with the pandemic and everything. But do you see the U.S. as being as divided as uh, the mainstream media portrays it to be? I don't think uh, uh, America really isn't just New York City or Portland or Mm -hmm. Seattle or even Chicago. Um, You know, how do you see that? The the division that's being portrayed to uh, the United States, to the citizens by the media right now. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I'm an immigrant. So (laughs) obviously (laughs) I'm a white immigrant. And if people understood the history they would understood, uh, understand that the first slaves in continental America were not African slaves. They were actually Irish slaves. We were sold in the millions by the English um, to the Trinidad, Tobago, the Bahamas, Jamaica, uh, and to continental America. Mm-hmm. And as, as recently as the early 20th century, we saw the signs in bars, no Irish need apply. And so what I want to say to this is that we have a unique viewpoint when we say that we we can understand oppression because I grew up in a community where I was still oppressed because I was a Catholic if I crossed the border five miles from my house. Right. So I, I think it's cheap when people say that one community or one skin color uh, or one minority group, be that Irish, white, or black African-American, has the monopoly on understanding oppression. Mm-hmm. 
There's not a race on earth that has not been sold into slavery, that has not been oppressed. And so we have to learn to be empathetic. And we have to stop taking some high and mighty civil position. Like, I listened to Chuck Schumer last night in the Democratic mm-hmm. National Congress, and I just thought to myself, this guy's just a flat-out liar. Hi, this is Senator Chuck Schumer, Democratic leader from my hometown, Brooklyn, New York. He's just a liar. He's just you know, You know he's lying when his mouth's moving. When his mouth's moving, he's lying. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what? And you know what? There's plenty of guys in the Republican side are lying too. It's, it's a political right. disease, unfortunately. But here's what I'll say. Um, I think America is much more united than people see because when I when I go to these cities, yeah, you can sense there's a tension in the air in Portland and there's a tension in the air in Seattle even before the pandemic and before George Floyd and the riots. But for the most part, like, I see white people and black people at our shows singing songs, holding hands, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do the best they can by their families and their communities. And so the image that the media portrays is simply set up as a narrative to allow someone's agenda to progress, but it's not the reality. The reality on the ground is people are doing the best they can, and we're making a mess of it sometimes. The reality is that not all police officers are bad. Far from it, the majority are doing an incredible job. And the reality is uh, most black people will not be engaged in gun crime. Yeah. You know? That's and, right. and the reality is that most white people absolutely love their neighbor no matter what color they are. And vice versa with black people. And so it's nonsensical to say that America is falling apart. It's simply not. But yeah. what we do have a responsibility, especially those of faith, to advance the civil rights movement. And when I say that, I mean just to ensure that African-American kids have access to equal opportunities that Caucasian kids have, and Asian kids and Native American kids. We have a responsibility, but don't believe the hype that people aren't trying and endeavoring to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sick of people judging people by the color of their skin. That's not what Martin Luther King preached. You guys know that. The content of your character. Exactly, and uh, much like terrible music, it's a race to the bottom of the barrel, and we shouldn't be racing to the bottom. We should be rising to the top. Mm-hmm. So, so you moved here in uh, '15 from Ireland. How old were you then? Uh, I was 34, so I just turned 40. You just uh, turned 40. I mean, this so, is a, this is. I mean, this is. A, he's still a young man. This is a pretty oh, yeah. wise guy. So let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. You you come here, so you experienced mm-hmm. almost five years here before all this complete madness and no matter what happens in november strap yourself in because it's just going to get bonkers no matter who wins it's mm-hmm. going to get bonkers um has your opinion of this country i mean when you first got here you're touring you know america's a great country mm-hmm. i mean there's no doubt about it i mean um, i've been other places and i would i wouldn't want to be anywhere else you know now i've never been to ireland though yeah. well, i would love to go um but is your <laughs> but is, is your opinion changed a little bit about this country since all this has happened well, it has actually. Um, I've actually fallen more in love with America awesome. um, over these past five or six years. I did live here for a few years when I was in my uh, mid-twenties. And uh, I don't know, there's something about having lived among the people now, you know, and my neighbors and their friends and, and their community, that I realized that America has this hopefulness and drive and this potential to do incredible good. But it reminds me of myself. You know, people will often say that they love my honesty. 
they only love my honesty as long as it doesn't offend them and then they don't love it very much more um <laughs> but i have the potential to cause great good or great destruction depending upon how my ability to communicate through song and word is channeled. And I think America is the same. It is the potential to lead the world uh, in the advancement of the gospel and in the advancement of equality and the advancement of fairness and justice. But likewise, it has the ability, if it takes the wrong path, to um, essentially lead the world away from the gospel. Think about it. Think about it. The suppression of the gospel in Russia, in China, in the Middle East. Think about that, you know, even in some South American countries. And if America was to turn its back on the gospel, that's one of, that's a lampstand that has gone out. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will argue that God removed America's lampstand long ago. I don't believe that because I see so many endeavoring to walk like Jesus. And right. so we're at a crossroads here. And I think the church needs to, um, in the church I mean me and you guys and anyone else who follows Jesus, we need to step up and start standing for what's right. Exactly. And so, right. and so I'll say this, my, my, part of my stand at the moment is me and my family are taking a stand as being people who are pro-woman and pro-life. Um, and we're, we're trying to partner with inner city health clinics to help women make good choices around pregnancy and support them and walk with them. And so the, the gospel is not designed for social justice. The social justice should flow out of a heart that is in love with Jesus Christ. And so take your stand. Yeah. But make sure you're taking a stand on, on biblical principles and not on what the cool political movement of the day happens to be. Yeah, I yeah, mean, uh, there's a lot of causes out there you can get behind, and it's kind of seeped into the church, mm-hmm. all right, um, where you got people that are supporting causes uh, that aren't that, that just don't line up with the gospel. And so this is seeped into the church. It's caused some division in the church, and I believe this is just exactly what the enemy, you know, would yeah. want to happen. I know <laughs> that in the mm-hmm. when, when Paul came back after being away for 14 years, oh, Paul's coming back, Paul's coming back. What's he going to say? He's got to have something new. And when he came back, he said after 14 years, hey, look, I got the same message, kids. It's Christ crucified. And as a believer, yeah. this is what I've been telling a lot of the young people that I talk to. I have a lot of influence with young people in the city that go to my church and just people that have been around my house since they were kids. And now they're growing up and they got kids. And, and you know, my place is still a meeting place to this day, you know. And, and, and I tell them yeah. that, hey, you know, it's okay to support causes as long as the number one cause is Christ crucified. There's darkness. There's light. You don't. You you you're in the world, but you don't have to look like it. As a matter of fact, you're not supposed to look yeah. like it. And so, uh, yeah. you know, when I ask a question, what do you think of America since 2015? All this stuff, and and your answer is, I've fallen in love with it more. Is exactly what I would expect you to say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, someone mm-hmm. someone else. I would have ex- I would expect yeah. something else, but sure. out of you, Darren, that's exactly what I expected to hear you mm-hmm. say. Okay, let me let well, me like, ge- go ahead. Uh, let me interject more quickly, though. I think part of that is because continually I, I need the grace of God in my life. So, like, I went to celebrate recovery last night with my wife. She leads uh, a Tuesday night, and it's a program for people with hurts and hang-ups and addiction, um, and I love it. 
But usually I'll go when I'm not playing some guitar and I might you know, slip out early. But last night was the first time in years I went up at the end of the meeting and received my first chip. And a chip is a sign that you're committing to turn away from a practice. You're committing to confess and to seek recovery and healing from that. And so I went up last night and I got my first chip. It's on my car keys right now. Um, I know that I need grace. I need a substantial amount of grace that can only be given by the King of Heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And I need that every day. And so if I expect grace, I sure as heck better be pouring out grace on my community, on the church, and I better pour out grace on people who have diametrically opposed views to me. So what I'm not saying is you, you can like you can support the Black Lives Matter agenda. You can even support being pro-choice. I hate that word. It's not pro-choice at all, but that's what the banner they fall under. Mm-hmm. If that's your viewpoint and your opinion and your long-held belief, it won't stop me loving you. It won't stop me viewing no, you no, as an no. image bearer of Jesus Christ. But I'm certainly not going to stand by, sit on my hands and sing songs about God and never actually do anything about it. Right. And so yeah. we're, we're all hypocrites to an extent, but this is a season to try and shave some of that hypocrisy off and try and actually do something that unites people instead of dividing them. And it's only the gospel. You said it. It's Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. It's the soul of Scripture. It's in Christ alone. It is only through the Scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing through the Word of God. And that is the thing that will unite communities of color and creed and background and socioeconomic conditions. Mm-hmm. Which is a perfect segue in what I... I hounded Ted about getting back in touch with you and getting you on uh, um, our podcast and on our shows and, uh, you know, just involved with the all over the road, New Orleans, uh, you know, nation here. Um, And you had mentioned something about we're all hypocrites in some way, but there was, I don't know if you remember saying this. I don't know if this is something that you say all the time. I don't know if it's something you just said the one time when you were on our show. But the last time we were on your show when we were saying goodbye to you, you kind of ended the interview with this. You said, I wish I were the man that people think I am. Okay. That's what you said. And when you, you, do you remember? Do you remember? I do, yeah. And, you know, that, that's something that could have just been a boom, just brushed by me, could have been, but that just hit me right between the eyes. And it made me examine myself in every single area of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, pe- people that know me know that I have a ability to lead people in one direction, or I could lead them in another direction. <laughs> people follow me. I understand. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I, when I heard that, I really examined myself, and some of it were uh, the way I was thinking is that I wish people. Um, didn't know the man that I really am. And then I wish some people didn't misunderstand that the man that I am and that I wish I was a person that, you know, a natural response coming out of me is what came out of you. So obviously, you know, for you to say something that people are holding you in some kind of high regard, you know, for you to even say something like that. And, and I'm not the lead singer of We Are Messenger. Okay, don't get me wrong. And I don't have a gazillion followers or anything. I'm too old for all that stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to thank you because it, it was something that was not overlooked. It was definitely something I felt was uh, God-breathed, 
and it really um, began to be for me to make a lot of changes in my life in a lot of areas. Come okay, on. and so um, yeah, that's that's good, and that's hard. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you again if you've ever been around a celebrate recovery program. I don't know if you have or not, but one thing that they do is they take a personal inventory, so they go every through every aspect of their life. And they look at the good things they have done, the healthy things they've done, and they balance those out with the with the bad things, the terrible things, the hard things they've done. You see, you're not who you are on your best day, and this, this is a Darren Mulligan thing. And you're not who you are in the, on your worst day. <laughs> but you're, the truth is, who you are is somewhere in the middle of all of that. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. and I think the danger is when we hold people in such high regard. It, it, it's, it's good to think well of people. But we have to remember that there's only one that's good and his name is Jesus. And yeah. the rest of us are very messy. And so when I said that a few months ago, I was walking through something really difficult. And it's, the timing of this is super cool. And that shift that I took last night at Celebrate Recovery, that's the ending of that part of my journey and the start of joy and healing and recovery. And it's taken me months and make that decision to be able to go and say, you know what, Jesus, I've sinned against you and you alone, mm. and I'm sorry, and I don't want to do this anymore. And so I wish I was that man, but the truth is, you know, I've got a story for you, and I do need to go, but here's a story. You want to hear a story? Absolutely. Yep, yep. So, <laughs> so Rich Mullins, right? Um, I love Rich Mullins. Yep. And uh, I, re- I was listening to this documentary one day, and so he was in Amsterdam in a train station. It was just him and one of his bandmates. And there was a random Dutch fella, you know, sitting out of, you know, what you would think was earshot. Uh, and, and Rich was telling his bandmate about the sin that he had committed in Amsterdam. So I, I'm assuming it was prostitution or something. And so Rich is at the height of his career. He's been walking with Jesus, you know, 14, 15 years and telling this story, thinking that nobody else can hear it. Anyway, the Dutch man gets off, walks over to Rich Mullins. He had heard the whole conversation, and he says to him, are you Rich Mullins? Right? <laughs> and in that, in that moment, Rich said, he said, in that moment, I had to decide if I was Rich Mullins or I was somebody else. And he said, well, I guess I'm Rich Mullins. Mm. And I think it takes such incredible courage to admit that you might have been working with Je- walking with Jesus all your life. Your flesh is still your flesh. Your weaknesses are still the same weaknesses. Your debilities are still your same debilities. But the holiness of God dwells in a temple of flesh and bone in us, right? Through Holy Spirit. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Isn't it really cool the duality of our existence and on one hand we are just messes, prone to wander, prone to eyes that lust and hearts that are greedy and hands that grab at things and still God says but you're made in my image and I love you and I love you so much that I want to come and make your heart my home until we can be reunited in glory. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's, uh, so here's the thing. I wish people thought, I wish it was half the amount people thought it was, yes. But at the same time, some days I don't really care 
because it is so cool how much mercy and grace and how that leads yes. me to love Jesus even more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. our messes are a gift, you know. Don't mm-hmm. stay there, don't build a house out of them, but acknowledge that it's a gift, it's a way to move forward and fall more in love with him. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what I would say to you and, and Ted and Nick and anyone that's listening or watching is this, is that you had said something um, about you're never as bad as you are on your bad days, never as good as you are on your good days, but no matter whether you're um, having the, the great day or the mm-hmm. bad day, you still have the same access to Christ, you still have the same access mm-hmm. to God, and you're still is, is, is equally acceptable by Him mm-hmm. on either one of those days. And that's the mercy, yeah. and that's the grace of God, and I think that's what this what this country needs. And uh, I appreciate yeah. what you said. I, uh, you know, um, I don't know what to say, but I'm I'm so glad that we had the interview with you, and that whatever this relationship it is that we have, you know, the four of us here, that I hope it goes on for years and years, and at some point, you know, we can get together and, and sit down and talk. I'd like that a lot, and uh, I wish you guys, you yes, know, sir. nothing but the best, and. Uh, you are definitely in our in our prayers, Nick. Ted, you got anything else for Darren before we let him go? He's got to run. I concur. I yeah, I just agree. I, it, that's a great conversation that we had. Yeah, just want to say, Darren, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the words. You're always an inspiration when we always, uh, always. when we talk to you. From when I first uh, had the opportunity to meet you at the uh, Men of Radio retreat in the uh, mountains of Idaho back in January, and you spoke to a small yeah. group of like 25 guys, and, and a lot of what you said, you know, about guys. Uh, here on the podcast today applied at that time you told some stories and stuff like that so uh just want to thank you for joining us and we definitely look forward to jan i think it's january 24th and uh i think Come it's on. i think it's you went all lake front arena i'm not okay, sure about that great. you probably but, get out there they'll let yeah, us set up out there so. but that's the date uh where we are messengers is scheduled to be uh in new orleans and we look forward to it it's a it's a pleasure to talk to a bunch of men that can actually I would rather have conviction and principles and sometimes be wrong than spend my life pandering to a crowd uh, knowing that I'm wrong um, just so I can have popularity. So I think there's a way to do both. If we can do it in love, if we can challenge each other in love, if we can call out uh, where there's unrighteousness and where justice needs to happen um, in a gospel, biblically-centered way, I think it's possible to change the world. Um, and I think, honestly, boys, I really do think this. Like, I think we're going to be all right. I know it's messy and everything seems to be crumbling, but it's really not. You see, and that's the thing about Jesus. As the scripture says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the problem is my flesh is so temporary that I can't get my head around anything consistent. But he is really consistent. And if we can cast ourselves on his mercy... You know, and if we would humble ourselves and we would seek his face, oh my goodness, then he would bless. So there's a lot of humility needed. But being humble doesn't mean you have to stand idly by when people are trashing the gospel. Mm, so right. be men of action, but men of grace, you know. That deserves a round of applause. That's it. <laughs> Very good. Darren Mulligan. God bless you, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll be in touch. All right, love. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right, Dan. Oh, man, huh? Wow. What else can you say? <sighs> I feel... Darren Mulligan, baby. Better. I feel better. Don't you? I really do. I feel better now. That guy should be... Uh, I got his number. 
That's right. You do. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna go. Who's this? Who the heck is this? I think. You know what? I think he'll remember. You think he will? Yeah, because he's he's just a down to earth guy. Just you know, happens to do some music, and you know, he's just following the Lord, and just you know, he's got a plan. God, and he's following God's plan for his life. You know, and he's talking to people. It makes. I really appreciate where he makes himself so accessible. I mean, who are we? A couple guys, you know, three guys here in New Orleans. But man, what a pleasure to have him on, okay? All right, we're going to be having a bunch of really good shows coming up, so uh, be sure to be watching and listening. And uh, I hope that this inspired you. If you did, please tell us about it, okay, on our Facebook page. All over the old New Orleans. Here's Jay Dizzle, The Darkest Night. All over the world is a presentation of. GoldPricesNow.com and Coin Trader Inc. and the All of the Road Podcast Radio Network. Bye.